This is the Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors, where you'll hear about many aspects of law in England and Wales with special guests, industry experts, and local charities. Here's your host, Amanda Jones. Hello and welcome to Season 3 of The Legal Lounge. If you haven't heard the shows in the first and second seasons, there's plenty of content worth a listen, with conversations and advice about divorce, injury claims and business partnerships. There are also some excellent episodes where you'll hear from local charities and learn about the amazing work they do. You can listen to these shows on your podcast app or by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. In this episode, family solicitor Philippa Pearson talks with Katie Eastor, who is CEO of the Cartshed Charity. The Cartshed supports the well-being of adults and children, including serving members of the armed forces, veterans and their families. Lanyon Bowdler have signed the Armed Forces Covenant and hold a bronze award for employer recognition. And today I have with me the CEO of another organisation which also has signed the Armed Forces Covenant and has, as she tells me very proudly, a silver award. Welcome to Katie, who is the CEO of Herefordshire-based charity The Cart Shed, which helps adults and young people who are experiencing mental health or well-being issues and does a lot of work with the armed forces community. Welcome Katie. Thank you for inviting me. Katie, would you mind explaining a little bit of the work that um, you do as the cart shed in helping those in the armed forces community and those with vulnerable and mental health issues in Herefordshire? Our charity is based outdoors. We work in woodlands and on our horticultural site throughout the year, whatever the weather. Uh, so even in you know, sub-zero temperatures, the beast from the east closed us down for uh, only two days, where others were stuck for a very long time. <laughs> um, so we're quite a, a hardy and robust charity. We use the benefits of being outside to enable individuals to reconnect obviously with the natural environment but actually also with themselves sounds a little trite but we use the principles of occupational therapy which is around finding meaning and purpose for the individual so it's what's of value to them and what's of meaning to them so uh, you know we don't judge we don't insist that people do anything in particular this is very much a safe space we have a clinical team we also have a number of tutors with a range of skills some are good at uh, greenwood work there are horticulturalists and other craft workers then we're also supported by a team of around 60 volunteers who share their skills to help us with the programs that we're running we have very good connections with the armed forces community as a charity I co-chair the Veterans and Mental Health and Families Network in the county. Um, As you've mentioned, we are signatories to the Armed Forces community. And so we work very closely with other forces charities like the British Legion and SAFA to offer support to veterans or their families to enable them to overcome some of their issues. And also we work with serving members of the armed forces, uh, particularly their children. And we did a lot with them during or just after the, the, the lockdowns to encourage the, the young people to build resilience, having had obviously that unprecedented time locked away. 
in in the lockdowns. This area of um, mental health and well-being is one of the one of the areas where we we have some crossover, isn't it? I know that you deal with people who are in the armed forces community who have mental health issues, and, and you, I know you you've been explaining to me how quite often they can fall in and out of having capacity and not necessarily be 100% without capacity and that sometimes the families aren't certain and need help as to how to deal with that. Then there's also the situation where you've got um, people who are, for instance, deployed abroad and leaving their family behind and they need similar sort of help in that they need the family that's left behind to be able to run their affairs for them um, in a similar way as to a situation if they had not got mental capacity and they needed someone to run their affairs for them. And we were talking about the fact that the lasting powers of attorney, which is something that we do here at Lanyon Bowdler, is one of those documents that a person can enter into whilst they are, are lucid and have capacity. And it's once registered, it takes 18 to 24 weeks to be registered, but once registered, it is there in place. And it means that they have put people that they trust in charge of their affairs should they get to the point where they they can't run their affairs because they lack capacity, either on a permanent basis or on a short-term basis, or because, for instance, they've they've been deployed abroad and they need to leave their family in charge of their their financial affairs while they're gone and I know you were saying that that's something that can be very useful for the um, armed forces community. I think it is certainly something that all members of the armed forces community and and the wider uh, community as well to consider that lasting power of attorney because as you referenced you might be deployed abroad in a situation where people can't contact you. So knowing that your affairs are being appropriately managed at home and not left until you return to to try and unpick the muddle that might have ensued is really important. And as you've referenced, these lasting power of attorneys can come and go if you are able to demonstrate you have capacity to make a decision you are still in total control of your your affairs. And I think that's something that's really important to get across to people, Um, particularly members of the armed forces who have left the armed forces and perhaps are feeling vulnerable and aren't sure where to turn and who to trust, that a document like this is actually of real benefit to them and is not something that can be used against them. It's a safety net, isn't it? It's They're basically, they're, they're giving themselves um, an insurance for if something, uh, things suddenly turn bad and it means that their loved ones then haven't got the, 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 the expense and the difficulty of um, having, for instance, to apply to the Court of Protection, uh, which is a lot more bother than um, simply having a a lasting power of attorney in place. It is, and I think, you know, you need to face up to the reality of serving that actually you might be putting your life on the line. And I believe there have only been two years since the Second World War where there has been no loss of life. That was 1968 and 2016. So, unfortunately... Somebody out there is going to need it. You're going to need it. Yeah, absolutely. And, And better to face it... And know that things are 
are okay, then then put your head in the sand and ignore it and actually then leave your family in distress. And the other sort of uh, lasting power of attorney as well that the armed forces might wish to consider or should consider really before, as you say, they go and put themselves on the front line, um, is a lasting power of attorney that deals with health and welfare, which means that if, you know, things do happen and things don't work out as well as they might hope and they come back and and they need life-saving treatment or, or or medical treatment of a very serious nature they have left someone that they trust who is registered who can be in charge of making life-sustaining decisions on their behalf. Although I should say that you don't have to do a lasting power of attorney for those health and welfare issues. There is a a more simpler document than one could do, which is an advanced directive or a living will. Um, But having these things in place is really important for the armed forces community, isn't it? I think these challenging conversations are vital. I don't know how many happen prior to being posted or whether, you know, a, a, a vibrant vital young man or or woman thinks oh well it won't happen to me you know I don't need to worry about that or I don't really have many affairs I don't own my own house it doesn't relate to me but actually things can change quite quickly uh, whether it's a medical condition or whether within a couple of years you might be in a different position and have just forgotten about it so getting your affairs straight is is always a good idea. There's other things, of course, as well that that can happen. Well, they happen in all parts of uh, of our community, uh, but also in the armed forces community. And that's such things as having relationship breakdowns, for instance, um, and uh, making sure that you're, if you have a, a first family, for instance, and a second family, that you've left very clear instructions in in a legal document such as a will as to how your loved ones are going to be dealt with in the event of your demise because I think the worst legacy that anybody can ever leave is an argument between a first family and a second family putting your loved ones pitting them against each other completely unwittingly as a result of your death seems um, such a an unfortunate thing to to do it's an unintended consequence i'm sure Mm. of of an awful situation but that's why it is important to in a very calm and sensible way well in advance of of being deployed to actually make these decisions and and get the right documentation in the right place with the right people and so are these the sort of things that you consider with your I suppose they're not your they're not your clients, aren't they? They're the people that you work with, I suppose, as part of as part of the cart shed. Are these the things that you you help them to think about and to arrange and to help them to put their life in order? We certainly support people as best we can to help them to put the right things in place for them. So you describe a family breakdown. We're a charity that works predominantly with those with a mental health issue of some sort, and common to those experiencing poor mental health is stigma the fear of saying I need help I'm not coping so what happens is that you start to lose friendships your behaviors you know you might become incredibly anxious so you don't want to meet people or when you are meeting with people because you're anxious you might behave in quite an aggressive way which can put people off or you might um, do what's called presenteeism, so turn up for work but actually not do anything that's 
particularly meaningful. And so you're putting your job at risk. And so there are all sorts of things that become vulnerable in your life through not confronting the mental health issue. Uh, and that if left unchecked, you know, you can lose your family, you can lose your home, you can lose your friendships, and then you can become incredibly isolated. And, you know, there's all sorts of knock-on effects. You know, isolation reduces life expectancy by 20 years. It is shocking. So we do a lot to reconnect the people we are working with, with their families and friends and with the communities that they live in, so that that isolation is reduced or, or got rid of. Marvellous. And I know you do such things as you help people to find appropriate accommodation and... Through our partners, yes. We, we will direct them towards sort of the welfare and housing teams and support them. Or we might be supporting somebody who is in conflict with a neighbour and is struggling to understand why behaviours are, are as they are. And sometimes it's because you might be dealing with somebody who's got autism and can't quite see how the way they're reacting is being perceived by others or that because of the autism they're not understanding the social cues and so we can help them to unpick some of that and you know we have cases where we've enabled people to stay in their accommodation and not be made homeless by their landlord because the situation has improved. Well you're definitely one of the success stories one of our local local hero success stories when did the cart shed start it, was, it wasn't very long ago was it it, it was, was 2011 we started with two members of staff and one day a week and we now are a staff of 16 some are full-time um some are part-time we deliver eight sessions a week mm-hmm. um, and a session lasts all day so in our woods we've got two two camps um, and we have, as I think I've mentioned, over 60 volunteers who help us to, to deliver this work. And how many people, on average, do you, do you help in a, in a year, for instance? That's difficult to pinpoint, absolutely. We work with around 100 individuals a week. Goodness. Um, and what we try to do is resource our service so that people can stay with us for as long as they need us. For some people, that means they've been with us for years. For others, it might just be a period of about three months. Um, and that's a, that's a difficulty. And what makes this different to somewhere like the NHS, where you will you get have a, a prescription finite for amount exactly. of time. Yeah. You'll get six weeks of counselling. And then if you need more, unless it's for, in very special circumstances, you go back onto a waiting list. And so you have this stop, start, stop, start. Whereas we try to support people through that process if they're having counselling elsewhere, or just enable them to use our methodologies to enable them to to return to what we would term normal life. Thanks to Philippa and to our special guest, Katie, for lending their expertise. If you need legal help from Philippa, please get in touch through lblaw.co.uk. If you have a particular legal issue you'd like me to put to our specialist for an upcoming episode, please let me know by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening. If you found the conversations helpful, please remember to follow, review and share the episodes. And don't forget to go back and check out some of the shows from the other seasons. Speak to you soon. That was The Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors. Visit lblaw.co.uk slash podcast for helpful resources. And please do follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode.